Welcome back into the Shots Aside podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined by Matt once again today. Uh, Matt, good to see you. How you doing? Doing good. Nice to see you, too. How are you doing today? Dude, I'm fantastic. You know, nothing better than, you know, seeing LeBron and the Lakers. I mean, there is one thing better than that. It's if the Timberwolves want it, but um, we'll actually start off by talking about that, but... Um, Lakers beat the Pacers in the end-season tournament championship game. Um, LeBron was the MVP. Um, and uh, just add another trophy to that legendary franchise, the Lakers. Uh, what did you think of the game? I, I I heard you joking about it a little bit, calling it a little Mickey Mouse uh, championship <laughs> win again. But, <laughs> I mean, it's a little – it's in Las Vegas. It's not really a Disney-themed championship you know yeah i mean it was, it was pretty much like a, a home game for the lakers it was uh very heavily lakers fans there you could definitely hear it on on the tv um but man i think overall i think it was a uh, don't know the, the game the game was decent like the i like the idea of the tournament overall um but the championship it was it was decent like they they cut it close towards the end for like the last six minute or like going up to the last six minutes but most of the game right. it was a 10 point lakers lead uh for the most part and then they cut it to like one and then 80 just took over at the end um bumped it back up to like 10 um and i think the finals 123 109 so pretty uh convincing win for the lakers that i mean they looked really good in in the game i thought yeah, I mean, LeBron took MVP, but I feel like you could have gave it to AD as well. 41 points, 20 boards. What do you have? Four blocks as well uh, in the game. I mean, great outing from him, especially going on up against uh, Turner, who was looking pretty well in the tournament. Um, not so much in this game, going 3, three of 11 uh, and having to deal with AD all game. But... Uh, yeah, I thought the Lakers looked really well. Looked like they uh, really wanted to play for this, and um, they kind of showed it. You know, Reeves even had a really good game too. What did he go? He went nine of fifteen, shot twelve free throws too, uh, for twenty-eight points, plus ten, plus minus for the game. Um, pretty much every Lakers was, you know, in that positive section just because you know, obviously they won the game. But um, you know, I think. I think this in-season tournament was a huge success. I think uh, a lot of credit has to go to Adam Silver and uh, you know everybody that uh, you know made this possible. It uh, it definitely gave the NBA a little bit more hype, you know, going into the you know first part of the season, first twenty or so games that we're now into, um, and you know I, I can't remember the last time. You know, in November and December, where we were talking about meaningful basketball games, like that's that's what we saw in this in-season tournament, and um, I hope they continue to, you know, maybe make a little bit more changes going forward. But uh, for the most part, I think it's a great, you know, process, and uh, uh, I was really impressed with uh, the play that we got out of this uh, in-season tournament. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think my, one of my my few qualms with it would be uh, that I, I'm not still not the biggest fan of some of these courts. Like even like the, the championship court, I just yeah. uh, I mean it, it's kind of tough to watch a little bit. 
uh, just because it's so vibrant. Um, but I, I saw they were even meddling with the idea of doing it for the finals too, and I, I would not be the biggest fan of that if they did that for no. the finals. But I, I mean, maybe if it, it was like all gold or something like that, I just feel like like red and blue is like kind of a lot. But I don't know how. Yeah. If like the gold like went like kind of meshed with the actual wood like look yeah. of it then maybe but i mean the finals are it's it's its own thing so i, I feel like you gotta keep the history of it kind of going um i don't mind it so much in this you know in the end season tournament because you might as well try new things and see if it works yeah yeah i mean it, it wasn't too bad it was more like there was some good courts i just feel like there's a couple courts like including this champion i didn't like the championship one it, or like for the vegas part um they had it for the semifinals too but it was just a little little too vibrant uh of a color but i mean the tournament in general is a fun idea i i still am kind of a, of the um thinking of like wishing it was meant a little bit more like that you get like a guaranteed playoff spot i feel like then you'd really see the intensity like ramp up um but overall i think i think for the first year of just they were clearly trying a bunch of different things out too and i think it overall i would say it was a success and you know i i I do like that adam silver is willing to try a bunch of different things like you know he tried or we've done the the play-in tournament too for the playoffs he added that in too um so it's it's nice to see him like adding different things yeah and i'm sure like he's already talked about some of the changes that he might make you know a lot of people had issues with the point differential thing for making it into the tournament because i mean you only play four games so even if you did go, you know, four and zero or three and one, which is a solid record, there's some teams that didn't make it, even though they, you know, played pretty well in the in-season tournament. Notably, you know, the Timberwolves, uh, the Magic, a um, bunch of these others, uh, good teams um, that didn't make it in just because of point differential. So, you know, maybe that's something that they kind of fix going forward. Maybe you play more games, maybe like five or six games. Uh, to kind of, you know, make it so it doesn't come down to point differential. That seems like a weird thing to have it, you know, kind of land on, so to say. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a work in progress. First year for everything, anything that you do, it's it's not going to be perfect. So um, it's just nice to see them try something different, and um, hopefully they continue to, you know, make small cha- changes and keep it going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then if we just want to mention too that in addition to the uh, tournament MVP, they also had a all tournament team too, which was yes, Giannis, yes. AD, KD, uh, Halburn, and LeBron were the all tournament team. So I mean, pretty, pretty. Uh, I mean, pretty obvious who would probably be on the team just because those guys played pretty solid throughout the tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, we knew that there'd be at least two or three guys from the championship uh, game in there. And yeah. then you add in two Hall of Famers with Giannis and Katie, who played pretty well as well. So uh, no issue with that at all. Yeah, and I think uh, just uh, – oh, another point too, just just since we talked about KD for a sec uh, – Bradley Beal's back tonight after a 
hiatus of uh, I think like two weeks. Um, so that's that's nice to see. Uh, he definitely probably would have helped the Suns in that tournament. Um, yeah, it's just crazy we haven't seen the big three though yet of, with those guys. Like we <laughs> right. haven't seen KD, Beal, or Booker play all together. Um, KD's missing another game, so that's <laughs> the main reason why. But I mean, I guess it'll help to have at least two of them on the court going forward. Yeah, and I think because uh, KD is play, playing tomorrow, but uh, it's kind of funny that they're trying to stagger him just to kind of like get KD some rest a little bit. Um, but because I'd imagine Bradley Beal's going to be out tomorrow. <laughs> Pro- yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, it'll be nice to see them together if if they can get healthy. But at least he's starting to get his way back. Yeah, yeah. Um, other notable injury news: uh, Kyrie will end up missing. Uh, if I had to guess, probably you know a week, two weeks, maybe a little bit more. Um, with a little heel injury, he left. Uh, last game um, as of now though I think they just beat did they just beat the Lakers they did did just beat the Lakers 127 to 125 um, <laughs> kind of a crazy game uh, Dante Exum who we all know is just a sharpshooter from three um, <laughs> career average 30% uh, he went off today I think he had like what Seven threes, yeah. Seven of nine from three, seventy-seven percent. Grant Williams' uh, career is probably what around 30, 31, 32 percent. He shot seventy-one percent from three, five of seven. Um, so I mean, you know, Dallas was shooting on fire today, and uh, you know, got a nice little steal of a game from the Lakers today. Uh, to help Defending them champs as... in season tournament champs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Mavs now have a, I mean, they did before, but they have a better record than the Lakers right now at 15 and eight Lakers go to 14 and 10. Um, another game, uh, that just ended as well was, uh, the Celtics got a win over the Cavs, 120 to 113, uh, pushing them to 17 and five, which I believe is tied for the best record in the NBA after Minnesota lost last night. Um, Matt, I, uh, you saw the new power rankings come out, right? That, uh, the NBA had come out. Yeah. And, uh, I was just going to add on to your oh, Celtics ahead. thing, just since, um, since they were playing the Cavs, uh, Evan Mobley is out and he's been out for the last couple games. So something to keep an eye on. He's got a knee injury. Um, so hopefully he's back soon. He definitely helps out the Cavs. Um, but, but yeah, looking, um, onto the week eight power rankings on NBA.com. Uh, they just came out on, on Monday. Um, some, some noteworthy stuff in the power rankings this week. Um, especially for us T-Wolves fans, the, the Wolves finally made the climb to number one in the power rankings, um, jumping up from two, they, they hopped the, the Celtics, um, they definitely didn't show it on Monday's game against the Pelicans, but um, they were missing Ant. He's still out with his hip injury, and uh, it was McDaniel's first game back too, so he was a bit rusty. Um, but 
Also, Zion played really good in that game, too. Um, yes, he did. But overall, the, the Wolves have had a really great year, and they still are tied with the Celtics for the best record and beat the Celtics head-to-head. So it does make sense that they're, they're first for now in the power rankings, and um, it's good to see. Um, then as far as the, the top 10 goes, it, uh, the Celtics are second. The Nuggets are third. OKC is fourth. The Sixers are fifth. The Bucks are sixth. Lakers seventh. Magic eighth. Kings nine. And the Pacers, the runner-up in the in-season tourney, rounded out the top ten there. What do you What do you wow. think about that that top ten? Yeah, I mean, I I like to see the ten rules at the top. Not sure how long it's going to last, especially if AD, or if uh, Anthony D- Edwards is going to be out for a little while. Um, not sure when he's coming back. Uh, do you know when, if he's coming back soon? Uh, they said it's kind of just like day-to-day pretty much. Day-to-day. He was questionable yeah. for last game. Yep, that's the last I heard. Um, you know, I think them and Boston definitely top two. Uh, you could flip them one and two. doesn't really matter. Um, Denver, I mean, are they about to lose? Did they win this game or are they about to? Yeah, it looks like they're probably going to beat the Bulls up 189 with a little under seven minutes left. But crazy, uh, <laughs> crazy game to watch. Uh, I was watching a little bit of it, but. Uh, Jokic ended up got, getting ejected in this Bulls game, and I mean, one of the weirdest tentacles that I've, I've double text that I've seen. Um, Jokic was arguing with the call, ended up getting a they they played the entire play, and then Jokic got called for tech. We all thought, okay, just one tech, not a big deal. Uh, and then they come back from the break, and Jokic has just been ejected. So I, I mean. One of the weirdest ejection calls. I'm not sure if, you know, one of the refs had some, you know, player props for Jokic going under what what it was, but kind of just a weird thing happening. But, um, yeah, I could see them at three. OKC at four. Sure. I mean, they, they've been struggling a little bit. I think they did win their last game. Philly dropped a, at least... I think Philly should drop a little bit just because they've been struggling. Um, Lakers lost another one, so maybe you could see them dropping a little bit from seven. Um, Orlando, can they keep it up for this long? Second best defensive rating. Middle of the pack offensively. You know, not really sure if they can keep it up you know, being in the top 10, but got to give them a little bit of credit because I think they've been playing really well, just like the Timberwolves on that defensive side of the ball. Sacramento has been struggling a little bit lately, so I'd probably put Indiana a little bit um, higher, even with losing in the end season championship. But I mean, overall, the top 10 is not that bad. Is there anybody that you would, you know, change from the top 10 put it into the top 10 or yeah um uh yeah i would maybe put the mavs in the top 10 over the kings 
Yeah, I can see that. Um, Cause I mean, they got pretty similar records, and I feel like when when Kyrie's playing too, they're they are a pretty dang good team. Um, I mean, Kings are good too. Uh, those are all pretty interchangeable, but I I would say that the top ten is is pretty solid. Uh, I I would I maybe would move the Pacers up just because they have been playing really good lately. Um, maybe uh, put them above. I don't know if I can put them above the Magic because Magic have a pretty good record. I probably put right. them at like eight. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, we're only like what twenty-two-ish games. You know, a fourth of the way through the season. So, um, are there any teams that you see like in the you know maybe not at the bottom of the rankings, but um, maybe in the middle of the pack that you could see rising um, by the All Star break? Yeah, I would I would say the team that I see rising the most will be the Phoenix Suns, um, especially if they get their stars back. And it looks like Bradley Beal's knock on wood, hopefully starting to get on the right path. Um, and then another team that I could also see moving up would be maybe the, Washington the Clippers. Wizards? Yeah. Oh, oh, never mind. Just kidding. <laughs> maybe the Clippers <laughs> if they can. Uh, keep getting things together i mean they they have been eight and three since that zero and five start so they have been playing better lately um and you can definitely tell they have been too that and surprisingly even with Harden, they've been good on defense still a top five defensive rating um so i could maybe see them moving up um maybe the, the pelicans oh uh, i mean the grizzlies i don't not by all-star break, they won't be in the top 10. Right, but I Definitely think they can make the biggest but... jump, though, because they're at 26 right now. Last week, they were at 27. They're 6-15. and 15. Um, Actually, they're 6-16 six and 16 after losing on Wednesday. So, um, what is it, three more games before Jock can then come back? Is it, It's 25 games, right? Yeah, it's 25 games. Right, so he's got um... three more games to sit out, and then... You know, even if they go, what, like 750, 800 the rest of the way, you're probably going to be around 500 going into All-Star break. That's being generous, too. Like, you have to – I feel like it's going to take them some time to kind of get some cohesiveness going as well, having Ja, you know, not in the lineup for the first 25 games. So uh, it might take them a little bit of time, but – as of now, what they're probably going to be vying for, like a play-in scenario, at best. Yeah, I would say at best as of right now, because I mean, just think they're six and sixteen right now. If even if they win ten straight, they're still five hundred, and that's, I mean, that's a tough task to win ten straight. So like, they'd yeah. have to win at a pretty high clip to, just to get back to five hundred, which. I mean, I, if Jaws back and everybody's healthy throughout the rest of the season, I, I could see them getting to 500. Yeah, and Jaws going to be a huge, you know, addition, obviously. I mean, they're defensively, I think they've been fine. They're 12th in defensive rating at 112.7. Uh, it's the offensive end of the ball where I think Jaws going to play a huge factor. They're 29th in offensive rating. I mean, that goes to at least like middle of the pack right with jaw and then pace of play they're at 19th uh at 99 a game so i mean those two stats i think are gonna go you know up by quite a bit just having jaw 
as your point guard running offense, you know, getting Desmond Bain a little bit more open shots instead of him having to, you know, dribble the ball up, you know, pretty much take on all the offense with Jaron Jackson as well. Um, I think, it, you know, it'll lessen the load for those two a little bit more. Yeah, he'll definitely, like, take some pressure off him too. Um, and then uh, they've also been missing Marcus Smart too, which they'll get it back True. eventually. Um, so, I mean, they ha- they have a lot of people. I think the- even, like, Luke Kennard might be out too. Um, so they're missing some guys too. Um but I think Jawback will just be like night and day difference. Um, you are you a big Luke Kennard fan or what? Uh, he's I mean he's a knockdown three point shooter. I think he fits the squad well when Jaw's back, just because um, you have to have somebody in the paint at all times when Jaw's there because he's just that athletic um, and can get to the rim in a second. Yeah, but I mean Luke Kennard's still coming off the bench no matter what. I mean unless Marcus Smart is out. Yeah, I know, but he did, he was playing uh like last year like with Jaw at times. So um, yeah, I mean yeah, that's. Gonna I mean, happen. I'm not saying he's anything crazy. I'm just saying like role players matter too. Like when you're missing guys, like yeah, I I just think he's gonna be in like that Dante Exum role where he's gonna have to knock down threes. <laughs> at a yeah. consistent I mean, that, that, pace. That's literally all Kennard does is knock down threes. So <laughs> I know, I know. He would um, actually, you know what? He would actually be a player that I would want on the Wolves if uh, the Grizzlies like didn't get better. Like, yeah, we were talking about him. this a couple of days ago. Like, if the Wolves got like a consistent shooter off the bench, like a Bogdanovich on the Hawks or a Luke Kennard. Um, not saying that any of these teams would trade, you know, these sharpshooters to the Wolves, but. If the Wolves could get somebody like that off the bench to just improve their offense just a little bit more, especially if we run into injury issues like, you know, Cat has dealt with in the past, Rudy's dealt with a little bit, and now Ant, um, you know, it would just it would help our offense just a little bit more because we saw it in that Wednesday night game that, you know, when Zion was cooking, I mean, we had nothing to answer back with. I mean, Mike Conley tried his best. Um, Cat, you know, did a little bit, but he was struggling. But, um, yeah, I, I do think somebody like Luke Kennard um, probably stays with Memphis depending on uh, their record before the trade deadline. I mean, if they don't improve by a lot with Ja, maybe he is that type of player that moves on. I, I'm not sure what his contract is. Do you know what his contract is? It's probably around, what, like 13 to 15 million? Yeah, it's, it's probably not, not super high, but yeah, around 13, 14 probably. Right. So it's a very movable contract, and I'm, I mean, it could happen. I just don't – I don't think Memphis is panicking just yet, even though, you know, they're one of the worst records in the NBA right now. Yeah, I mean, I, for them, I wouldn't panic at all until I see, how like, Jaw for at least 20 games with them. Like, because right. they, they could – they could easily go 15 and five in those games or maybe even better. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, we probably won't get, get too, too much into it until like trade that lines and stuff like that. But I mean, a lot of teams are going to be looking for um, some shooters at the, at the trade deadline. That's very common piece to be looking for, um, especially off the bench. Cause you, you know, those championship like contenders are trying to, 
um, improve their benches and pro and then there obviously could be some starters moving too but I mean as of right now guys like Levine and stuff like that um, with him being injured is looking less likely yeah I, I don't even think there's a trade market for him even like what what team's gonna like even if you want that like him on your team you have to be able to clear up what is it like 38 million in cap space so yeah um and i think this is a last year where you can um put together like three ten million dollar contracts to match one um you know high salary because i think next going into next year i don't think you're gonna be able to do that i think they made a, a rule adjustment where if you're gonna trade somebody who's making good amount of money you have to also trade somebody that has equal or similar uh, amounts of money so um that can make it even you know tougher going into next year if the bulls end up keeping zach levine which kind of looks like they're gonna have to because i don't see a team that's gonna want to take on his salary cap knowing he's probably gonna come into your situation and be what your second third best option on your team yeah i mean he probably on a contender he's not going to be better than third option i mean so right. we, we've we've already seen him as like the second first option on on the bulls and we know how that's worked out <laughs> exactly so like what as a as a contender what do you want to do do you want to have two really good stars and a bunch of role players that really fit their role or are you going to give up some of those role players to bring in a Zach Levine for a third you know scoring option and it might not help you in the long term because of his you know deficiencies on the defensive end of the floor um and whatnot so i, I mean i don't know it's a, it's a good question for a lot of these teams i'm sure by trade deadline though we're gonna run into a couple teams that are hovering around like 500 like maybe an atlanta hawks team um you might see like a golden state warriors team hovering around that side of the ball that might you know be forced into making a big time splash uh to try to you know revive their contending um hopes so um you know maybe maybe but i, I just don't see anybody that wants zach levine at this point yeah honestly uh, i i could see somebody like uh terry rosier being more likely to be coveted at trade deadline than zach levine um, oh, definitely. The way he's been playing lately, and then if Charlotte's out of it, and he's contracted, it looks like only has one year left, and it's only uh, twenty-three million. So um, he could definitely be somebody that people could be interesting because I mean he's been playing really good lately, um, and you know teams are always looking for that guy that can score and facilitate. Um, but there'll, there'll definitely be a lot of names like thrown around between now and trade deadline. Yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely have a trade deadline podcast episode, but um, sometimes it is kind of fun to just talk about it pre trade deadline, just to see, you know, maybe some of these come to fruition, but you brought up Terry Rozier. I, I mean, a fun fit for him would, I, I think Miami fit, you know, fits perfectly for, you know, a, a point guard that can get his own points. He's also a decent defender as well at times. Uh, kind of fits that grit and grind kind of player. I, I think that'd be a good fit in Miami. What do you think? 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think that would honestly be one of the best fits for him. And I, I think they would have the salaries to match up with it too. With, um, to, I mean, I know Duncan's contract is pretty high. Um, and you obviously, could throw Jovic in that too if you don't feel good about what Jovic has done for you. Yeah, and I mean, if you wanted to add Big Booty in there too, you could maybe even get like uh, Hayward True. too. If they wanted yeah. to. Yeah, I mean, a lot of options. Um, but any other teams in that? I mean, Brooklyn, you could see maybe making, I mean, they're, what are they, 12 and 9, 13 and 9, something like that um, as of now. So maybe Brooklyn makes a, a push. I'm really wor- worried about the Warriors, though. I, I just don't know. Like, is this Chris Paul situa- situation working? Obviously, I don't think it is. I don't think um, it is. He, I, he's somebody that I could see moving before the deadline. Right. And, I mean, what, what are you getting back from Chris Paul? Because he's making, what, like $38 million a year, isn't he? Is he? Damn, I, I did not know that. I think it's around there. It, I, it's probably his final year of his contract, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, $30 million per year. $30 million? So not no. not thirty eight, but still thirty that's million. Still that's still a lot though. It's tough to match. Right for somebody that's coming off your bench and giving you what he's. I think he's averaging a career low in points per game. I think around like what is it like six or eight points per game. Yeah. Is it that I mean, low? I think it's that low. I mean, I, he's still averaging a good amount of assists, but yeah, it's it's around like eight eight assists, I think, which is still good. But I mean, they're. Besides Steph Curry, they're just struggling to get offense. They're not getting a lot of stops, and they they lack size too. And Wiggins is taking a step back. I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're Steve Curry, you got to play some of your younger guys, right? I mean, Moody, Kaminga, uh, even their rookie Pozimski. I mean, you got. I feel like you got to play those guys, especially when you know Clay's. Probably taking a step back um, athletically. We all know that he'll have those games where he'll make, you know, six, seven, eight threes in a game or something like that and have his, you know, amazing third quarter like he always does. But athletically and defensively, he's not the same player he used to be. Wiggins, I mean, I, I, held, I was holding out a little bit of hope that he would maybe come back to where he was uh, in that finals run that they had. But, I mean, I haven't seen it besides maybe like two or three games out of the 20-game stretch they've had. So, I mean, where, how do you see this team getting better? Yeah, Or can it, they? It's tough for the Warriors. I mean, uh, in my opinion, the, the only way they can get better currently is like, but like you said, like playing guys like, Kaminga a little bit more, Moody more. Um, I, they have been playing some, but um, it sh- they should definitely have more. Like Kaminga's getting 20 minutes a game. I feel like he should be getting like closer to 30. Um, just like yeah. at a certain point, you kind of just got to develop these young guys or, or trade them for somebody else if you can. But otherwise, it really doesn't make any sense to me. I, I feel like Kaminga's a good player too. Um, he just kind of has... He's a little wild at times, but I, I've seen him play good at times, and he's like super athletic. So, 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I also like Moody a lot, too. I feel like Moody definitely yeah. deserves more minutes. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely think that Chris Paul will get traded the, the deadline if they want to do anything because um, it just doesn't seem like it fits to me. Like, And I feel like his contract is a good size where that if they combine it with a pick and a young player, they could get a decent player out of it. Sure. That, I, mean, I mean, to me, if I was a tanking team, that'd be pretty enticing. They have some draft picks too. So, I mean, it just depends on the type of player they want to bring in and, and is it going to really change their outlook going into, you know, the back half of the season? Can they win a championship with the team that they have and also adding in, you know, one to two to possibly three new players and how long is it going to take for them to kind of come together as a team and um yeah i just don't i don't see a way for the warriors winning it this year but um, it's something that i could maybe see the warriors uh thinking about would be like trading him uh along with like a pick or a young player like i said for like somebody like uh bogdanovich on the pistons i feel like he would fit in good with the warriors um yep. I could see something like that because his contract's like twenty million, and then they could probably add in another piece too. Because, I mean, obviously a thirty-four-year-old is not in the long-term plans of, of the Pistons, so no, um, that could be an option. And then, I mean, maybe they'd even want to, th- like, with having the first pick next year or like a top-five pick next year. I mean, they can't keep all these young guys too, so maybe they'd even want to trade a young guy back to the the Warriors if it's somebody that they're kind of given up on but true i don't know if you're knows? detroit though i'm i'm holding on to any of the draft picks that i have because oh yeah the draft picks but i meant i meant like some i mean they have a whole team of young players yeah i mean yeah you give up some of those young players that maybe you don't see in your future yeah i can definitely see that yeah like maybe like a do you have any stew or something yeah isaiah isaiah stewart yeah he could be I mean, they're obviously not James Wiseman. They're not going to take James Wiseman yeah, back, not. but or maybe Bagley. Um, I'm not sure. Bagley, if they want Bagley though. I mean, out of those three, I'd probably want Stewart the most, just because he can provide a little bit of defense, which Golden State yeah. kind of needs. Um, they're not going to give up Ivy. They're not going to give up Cade. No, so, I was thinking may- maybe Livers. Isaiah Livers. I'm not sure if they'd give him up or not. Maybe. I mean, I don't think that really tilts it for the Warriors that much, but. Um, no, I mean, the biggest piece would obviously be Bogdanovich because I, I feel like he is a good player. Yeah, but even like adding Bogdanovich, like, I don't know if that really tilts it a ton. Like, yeah, it adds you offense, but I mean, he's dealt with injuries. He sat out what a good portion of last the end of last season and missed the first like what 18 games to start off this year i mean he's and, and like you said he's 34 years old so yeah defensively he's probably not the same either like he used to be when he used to play for the utah jazz offensively yeah, yeah he can still score you like he can give you like 20 25 points a night um, maybe not consistently, but he'll, I mean, every other night he could probably give you that. Um, 
But I, I just think they need somebody else that's like a proven star that can, that is like a three and D. I mean, you could say that for, for every team though. Like every team by the trade deadline needs or wants a three and D player. Like that's the most coveted position you can have if you're going for a, or if, if you're chasing a title. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, really the only reason I threw them out there too is because. Uh, they could maybe be a team that would want Chris Paul, like a veteran that can help some of these young guys. Like the Pistons look awful, like <laughs> to say it lightly. Like they, they need kind of like, I feel like they need somebody that can just come in there and show them how professionals work. And obviously like it's the, they have, they have the Monty and Chris Paul connection from the Suns. Um, I'm not saying it'll happen. I'm just saying like that, like there's not probably not a lot of people that want Chris Paul, to be honest. Like, um, that, that's a big contract and also like I don't know may, maybe wherever he goes is just like a buyout too yeah I mean speaking I mean I like um, speaking of the Pistons um, I was having a conversation with my, one of my buddies and uh, uh, he gave me a bold pick for uh, Monday night's game he's like dude I think the Pistons I think they're going to end their their drought and get a win against the Pacers because the Pacers have, you know, played a bunch of games. They just had that, you know, finals game where they, you know, were so close of winning it but couldn't quite get over the hump. Um, and they were, they actually looked pretty good against the Pacers. I mean, they were up by three after the first. They cut it pretty close in the third, even had a chance in the fourth, but uh, – couldn't get it done down the stretch um, uh, and brought their record down to 2-21, and 21, which, yikes. I mean, we talked about the Detroit Pistons before the season. Like, we thought they would be kind of like the Orlando Magic in, in a sense where they'd have, or even Houston Rockets, where they'd have, like, an up-and-coming season with the young talent they have. And it's it hasn't been anywhere close to that. Um and you know after what this is their 20th straight loss what's yeah, do you know I mean, what the record is for the month? for losses um yeah. yeah i should look that up i think it's they do they gotta be getting close well the bobcats had the worst record in nba history which was in the was that the early two 2010 era or early 2000 somewhere in there yeah, um, I mean that was understandable remember. though, because they're uh, yeah, you know. Well, they didn't have young talent or any good team. stars yeah. too. Yeah. So, yeah, that was under. This is different because this is a team that has talent, bunch of talent. They just, I mean, I don't know if it's partly coaching, which obviously it is, because you're not playing, you're not starting Jay Nivey yet. You're bringing him off the bench, playing him 34 minutes. I think Jaden Ivey's playing pretty well. Cade's playing pretty decent, although field goal percentage, uh, you could definitely say he's not <laughs> doing that well. Um, and he's really struggled from three. They finally got Bogdanovich back, so you know that's obviously going to help them stay in games a little bit closer instead of getting blown out every game. Uh, and then, I mean, Os their rookie, Thompson, Osair Thompson, Probably one of the best rookies, you know, in the NBA right now. Probably top five, I'd say. 
Yeah, I'd say top five. You know, you got Big Stu, who, Matt, you're a big fan of. <laughs> um, I just don't understand why you're starting Killian Hayes. Um, Over Ivy. Right. Insane. I mean, they have decent, like, pretty good players on this team. I just don't understand how they've mustered up only two wins. And it's, honestly, it comes down to coaching and just the cohesiveness between this team not being there. And, um, you know, Detroit fans are going to have to wait another year, it, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. To me, I feel like they're kind of just like a poorly built roster, too, because, um, yeah. It's really shown like when Duran's been out too, is because they really don't like Beef is too small. He's more of a power forward than a center. He's he's only six foot eight. Um, yeah, even small forward too. You could even play him at. Yeah, and um, and even Duran's only six ten. And then the the guys you have like Wiseman and Bagley like terrible on defense. Yeah. Um. So like you don't really have a ton of defense, and then like. A lot of the other guys too that got like the guards aren't that good at defense either. Like Cade's decent at defense, but he hasn't really like played like it this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's surprising honestly. Like they because they, they might have like the most top five picks in the NBA on their team right now when you consider Wiseman and Bagley were top five picks yeah. as well. Like so it's yeah. I don't know. No, hey, offensively, you know, I'm. Offensively, I'm not really worried about, but like, yeah. I mean, you're not, you're not going to hear this from like most media people that you listen to, but I bet you Detroit has probably the worst lateral quickness players <laughs> on their roster, like on a given roster between Cade, Bagley, Wiseman, Bogdanovich. Like, yeah. none of those guys have the lateral quickness to stay with their uh, with opponents on defense. No, they yeah they definitely don't. Uh, I mean, the only one that even does have lateral quickness, like good for his position, is Duran. Um, right. And he's and not he, even he's on injured. the perimeter, really. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, but you know what's funny about this, the Pistons series. I I saw something about this the other day. Is like the Pistons drafted Bruce Brown, traded him away super early. <laughs> They drafted Chris Middleton and traded him away super early. So, like, it's funny that they've had talent on their team, and as soon as they get it, they trade it away. Um, I don't know. They've had some funny drafts looking back at it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've i always looked at Detroit as being, like, the grit and grind slash Memphis Grizzlies of the Eastern Conference. Um, yeah. And, the, I mean, I don't know what their identity is for this team at all so i mean that's (laughs) it is losing so i mean that's something that they need to figure out and figure out this year so they can get prepped up for next year but um we'll we'll have we'll have a lot of time to talk about the detroit pistons and and how far this losing streak can go on but um matt is there anything that you want to say before we end off the podcast oh i think just I'll just mention it just because it's somewhat big news a little bit, but not not really NBA news. But um, LeBron's son is finally playing. Um, LeBron, yeah. uh, I mean it's kind of NBA news because it's LeBron's kid, but right. um, and he's a draft prospect. So, but I thought that that was cool to see. He played his first game for USC. Um, 
He looked really good on defense. He had a nice chase down block. Um, I mean, obviously, a first game LeBron-esque. in college in general. Yeah, it definitely was a it was a good ass block. That was. Um, but I mean, offensively, like it, it was his first college game, so I mean, there's going to be a little bit of rust there and some some learning things. But I mean, he does look like a good defender, and he is definitely super athletic. So. Um, kind of, kind of cool to see. It's, it's nice to see him recover over that. Um, I mean, as, as a scary thing, a heart attack at that age, but, um, nice to see. Just thought I'd mention it just since it's, I mean, it was kind of a bigger story over the weekend just cause it's LeBron's kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of surprising to see you bring it up and not me, but, uh, glad you brought it up though. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter about, uh, I'm sure you've seen the meme of it's uh, LeBron's uh, college stats, zero points, and then it's got <laughs> Bronny's four points. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, if you know, LeBron didn't play college, so <laughs> um, everybody's poking poking fun at that. But, um, yeah, it is it is really good to you know see him back out there. Like you said, his defense looks really good to start off, which, you know, healthy legs. Um, looks like he's, you know, back to you know playing basketball which is which is a great sign and uh, i think the offense will come you know gradually uh we know in high school he was a great passer um three-point shot will come and go i think that was his first bucket was a three-pointer so yeah um yeah i think it'll take some time on on that side of the ball and um you know i mean do you see him maybe entering the draft this year i mean it's one game in so who really knows but maybe it'll take another year yeah it, it's too tough to tell right now but i mean if he does play like the rest of the year i could see him entering the draft just because and lebron's not getting any younger yeah well and usc <laughs> would have to win some games too they ended up losing that game too uh down the stretch so yeah i think they lost no t yeah they lost uh, no t to long beach state Right, so not not the best. I think that was the no. first time they've lost to Long Beach State in like over 20 years or something like that. That's, that sounds right. I mean, it, it was definitely not the greatest loss either because UCLA, or not UCLA, USC also has uh, Isaiah Collier on their team, which is another draft prospect that's pretty good. Right. Um, Possible so that, ten, top 10 pick. Yeah, that, so, that, so they definitely got, got the talent. Um, they're kind of like the Pistons of college basketball right now. They got all the talent. <laughs> they got all the talent, but they're just not getting done. I don't. I don't know if they're that bad. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're that bad. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. We. I mean, we should have another podcast episode coming out. I mean, I might do another one tomorrow by myself. But me, Matt, if uh, we might have to get Adam to do one with us, maybe on. Thursday, maybe Friday, something like that before the long weekend. I will be gone for the weekend, so um, we probably won't have a podcast coming out over the weekend. Maybe, maybe Sunday, um, if some of my yeah. plans get jungled around. But uh, we'll definitely have some more content coming out for you guys. Uh, make sure to check out all of our socials. Uh, we always have stuff coming out. Um, TikTok. Might have to just skip over Adam for right now and then revisit that because, um, you know, he always says he's he's like, I, I'm going to have it coming. <laughs> and, uh, you know, 
a lot of a lot of the listeners are are still waiting so we're gonna have to get that get on him for that but uh yeah um we should have some new episodes coming out um i do have a couple buddies that might want to do another movie uh film session uh nba films um so we might get one of those done within the next couple weeks so uh not sure which movie we're going to do, but uh, we'll let you guys know ahead of time so you can kind of prepare, maybe watch the movie, you know, go <laughs> along with it with us. So it uh, should be a lot of fun. But uh, until next time, guys, peace out. Peace. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, we got to get on Adam. He's got to get it. that TikTok news. <laughs> it's oh. been about a year. <laughs> it's